Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on the podcast, I interview the best minds on the planet in all the areas of your life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, we believe you deserve success in all areas of your life and not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experiences. This year, we'll be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. The goal of these experiences are to get you out of your day-to-day and to put you into experiences that will ignite your soul. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if we are a good fit for each other. And remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. Regardless of the hurdles, the bumps, the obstacles that are in your way, you've got to always appreciate and know why you're doing what you're doing and know that you cannot waver. Because if you have a calling, and we literally knew we had a calling to be out here, we just said, okay, let's do it. And ultimately, everything finally worked out, and we could never be happier where we are now. In our minds, we knew, again, 1,000% where we were going, what we were being called to do, and the impact we knew that we were gonna make by moving out here. Social media is not going away. I mean, our kids are all over it and I'm really starting to embrace it and appreciate it more than I ever have or ever thought I would. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Murgatroyd and welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. Today on the show is Brett Thomas. I wanted to have Brett on the show because he and I were walking parallel paths. We were both in the medical world in the Southeast of America, And we wanted to move west for a better life, sunshine and beaches and um, being, you know, no longer tied to the constraints of working in the medical world. And we really did it right around the same time. I mean, we're probably three or four months apart. I was in Europe while he was moving. And, you know, I've been here for about two or three weeks now. And what we talked about, I think is going to be applicable for you guys, because we talked about the the dream of running a business with your wife together. We talked about changing locations. We talked about what it's like to actually work with your spouse. And we talked about what it's like to leave the security of something that you know for 20 years, 25 years of you know a secure, quote unquote, dependable income and all of the challenges that come uh, around that. So I really believe that you're going to love this episode. If you're in a place in your life where you want to make a change of career or a change of physical location, um, I think this episode is going to really really be very useful uh, for you guys. So please enjoy this episode with Brett Thomas. Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you. It is awesome that you invited me to the show. Looking forward to it. You know, I'm super excited to do this interview with you. And here's why. Because we're two guys with crazy hair that are born in 1966 who just moved our families to Southern California who were both in the medical fields. Pretty weird, huh? 
Man, you don't know how weird this is. And this, this <laughs> the fact that we are both born the same year and have crazy hair, set aside all the other stuff that we have in common. It's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to bounce around a little bit. The show is basically around the science of achievement and how you accomplish certain things that you've accomplished. Then we're going to move more into fulfillment and we're going to wrap it up with some uh, rapid fire questions. Cool? Awesome. All right. To give people context, you and I connected at pivotal points in our life. I was trying to leave my chiropractic career and you were trying to leave your medical sales career. And, you know, we both wanted to live a new life in California. And I think that, that there's a lot of people who are listening that are finding themselves in a similar place, you know, insert whatever major change that they want to have. And I think, you know, there may be people that are wanting to make a move, uh, either in career or in location for a whole host of reasons that they just have not pulled the trigger on for whatever reason. And I'd like to be able to go through your story a bit and maybe offer some context to maybe they'll see themselves uh, in your story and maybe help them to move along. Cool? Sure. Sounds awesome. All right. So when was it that you first decided, you know what, this job is no longer fulfilling for me. Uh, great jobs definitely helped me get to where I am, but it's just not doing it anymore. And I, I want to move to a, lo- a new location that is better going to support me and uh, better support my family. And, and I want to start a new career too. So tell me about that. Like, When did you first start to go, hmm, was it like all at once or was it a little bit at a time? No, that's a great question. You know, if you rewind, uh, Brooke, my amazing wife, she and I decided years ago that at some point during our careers, we were going to work together. You know, our kids were younger and they were in ages where we both said, you know what, you know, with me traveling and her starting to get into a, uh, a network marketing career and I'm gone a lot, you know, we felt like it was not the right time. And the kids were young enough and they didn't necessarily, quote unquote, feel me being away. But as the kids started to get older, we both looked at each other so many times, many times over a glass of wine at night and said, you know what, we're going to do this. Not sure when it's going to happen, but we both agreed that by the time the kids got into middle school and high school, respectively, we were going to do this. I guess to answer your question, it was really, really hard line about three years ago. Around three years ago. Okay. You know, I had a uh, interesting conversation with my wife, Kim, about this. And I said, you know, it's taken me, you know, we're here now. We're in Southern California. It's taken me 15 years to make this happen. She said, no, it didn't take you 15 years. It took you two minutes to make a decision to make it happen. And there is a, there's a bit of truth to a point where you have to decide to make a change whether it's your career, whether it's your location, where you make a decision that I'm actually going to make that change. And for you, why do you think, you know, you didn't do, let's say, a career change a few years ago? And why did you do it now? Was there some, was there something that you're like, you know, I'm waiting for, uh, you know, to be vested in my pension or I'm waiting for, you know, specifically the kids, you know, to get into middle school or like, was there one thing that, or, or was it more just fear of the unknown and you just weren't there yet emotionally? 
Wow. I would say there's a combination of a couple things. For me personally, the company that I was working for, it was on an explosive growth mode. And they, you know, I, I, I was very fortunate. I was on the sales exec team that helped to drive the company from 400 million to 14 billion. Um, they'll close out the year this year, probably at 14 billion. And it was awesome. And I felt like I had an impact on um, all the people that um, was on, they were on my sales team, everybody that I recruited and, and trained. And that was all awesome. But, you know, for me personally, the company was getting so big and it, become, it became so layered that I didn't really feel like I was having as much of an impact. And so I just felt like, you know what, it's time for not just a job change or a, or a company change. I felt like it was time for a, a really cur- a big career change. Meaning, going back to what I was saying earlier, that I really just had to go out there and make the aspirations that Brooke and I had to work together come true. And then with that, we also, you know, we fell in love with the West Coast years ago because actually, ironically, in my corporate job, they were going to move me out here five years ago. And, you know, long story, but we decided not to do it because it was going to be an LA move versus a San Diego move. And that just really wasn't where we wanted to raise our kids at that time. But we fell in love with the West Coast. And so we just, I just made, I, we made a decision that it was time for a big change, which also really was going to include picking up our entire family, moving our, 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 uh, our, company, you know, all the way to the West Coast, which obviously involves leaving church, leaving friends, leaving family. But we felt like it was just absolutely a a massive calling on our life to do that. Let's try and make this instructive for people that are, you know, finding themselves in your shoes and, you know, just wanting to make that change. Um, If you were, you know, looking back and giving yourself some advice and knowing what you know now, you can go back and go like, okay, Here's, here's what I think is important that you need to know. Let's first start with career. What advice would you give somebody who's in a career, doesn't want to be in the career anymore, and wants to get out of it? What, like, what hits you when you think about that portion of your story? I would say if you're in a career, especially in a corporate career, and you're not doing personal development, you don't have a coach, you're not reading a book at least every couple of weeks on motivation, personal development, you know, something to expand your mind. Uh, if you're not in a mastermind, I would say you're missing out on a massive opportunity and a place in this world that you have no clue what even goes on. Because so many times, if you're in a corporate job, you're, you're immersed in that culture and that's where your friends are. That's where you're living, you know, you know, uh, 50, 60 hours a week. If you're like me, I was on a plane, I was in a hotel, I was in a meeting, I was in a hospital. I mean, I, I was immersed in that culture. And then when I started to look outside of that, you know, when I, again, I felt this massive pull more towards the entrepreneurial world. Um, and so I really, I think that's the biggest thing I would say. If you're, you're, you're missing out on so much more opportunity, and even if you decided to stay in somewhat of a corporate structure, I would highly recommend that you really immerse yourself into personal development because it makes you a better human, makes you a better parent, a better spouse, 
just a better everything. I love it. So let's talk about physical location. You were living in the Southeast and you had a beautiful home and, you know, it was not uh, nearly the price that the homes are here in the West Coast. And, you know, I'm not saying that you've, you know, you've downsized, but, you know, it's certainly much more expensive here and you don't get as much free money. So the question I have around that is, you know, I'm assuming that, you know, you guys had to weigh weigh out what those sacrifices looked like, you know, let's deal with the house first and then let's, let's move on to the kids after that. But from the house perspective, you're living in a place, it's not that expensive. You have a crazy beautiful house, but it's not where you want to live. And so was there a point where you reconcile and said like, what, like, why am I going to an area, you know, yes, it has sunshine. Yes, it has the beaches and stuff, but it's going to be so much more expensive. I'm not going to get the kind of house. How did you reconcile the the trade-offs? You know, that's something that we had very little issue with, believe it or not. I mean, we, like I said earlier, we fell in love with, with California, you know, years ago. And we knew we were going to, you know, technically downsize with square footage. But, you know, we have come to the realization, especially the last couple of years where I don't want more stuff. What I want is I want to live in an environment where my kids and my marriage and my business can thrive. And I don't need uh, you know, a 6,000 square foot house. I don't need to have you know, three amazing cars in the garage and, and on and on and on. I, it's, just, it's, it's all about really going back to the impact. And you know, living out here, the fact that we live in basically half the size of house, but we're outside and we, we thrive and we live outside now. I mean, we, have, we ride bikes to restaurants. We can walk almost to the beach. I mean, we were two miles from the water. Um, you know, I, I mean, literally we've lived here since July and it's rained one time. And so, you know, those are the things that you really look at and evaluate. If you put things on a spreadsheet, like I tend to, I'm like, okay, the left side of the spreadsheet shows the house and the cars and the stuff. That's really, it doesn't do anything for, for us anymore. And then the right side of the spreadsheet was our kids are thriving. They've got more friends than you can ever imagine. They're going to awesome schools. They go to the beach anytime they want to go. They get up and surf. They can ride the, their bikes to the beach. Um, we've got a zillion restaurants that we can go eat at outside. We've got a lot of friends that we've already created here that have, that have really uh, impacted our life. And we've really expanded our, our, uh, our horizons out here. I mean, you and Kim are a great example. I mean, you guys, um, you know, we, we consider you guys like awesome friends and you guys, we have so many similarities and just the fact that we can really kind of like rely on each other. You know, if you need anything, I call Rob and Kim, you know, and, and we always feel the same way that uh, you guys can do the same for us. So that's one of the biggest things for us. It's really putting things, I mean, for me, putting things on a spreadsheet and saying, you know what, the left side doesn't really matter that much. The right side is what really is what we're focused on. Do you think that comes with age? Do you think that, you know, as you're 53 now, that you just look at the things that are important to you in life differently than you did at, say, 43? I think that has a lot to do with it. And it also has a lot to do with the self-evaluation that Brooke and I have done over the last, you know, call it three to five years with how the environment that we want to, you know, uh, have our kids in the environment that we want to 
um, expand and, and really have our marriage and the environment where we want to, um, you know, eventually I won't ever, I'll never use the word retire, but eventually this is, this is where we wanted to land. And we knew it was the place because there's so much opportunity. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, putting yourself in an environment that up levels you, you know, always tell people like, you know, one of the best things I can recommend if you're, you know, 25 years old and you're not sure where you're headed, always put people around you that are going to challenge you that have already done the things or are headed to do the things that you want to do or that you aspire to do. And that's one of the reasons too, and that's that, that we moved out here. We've always wanted to up level and we really have really been focused on that, especially um, in the last three years. You know, we talk about how we want to make a change in our life and we want to do, you know, different things and, you know, be in, being, be in a new environment, but that does not come without a price. And sometimes, you know, when you're trying to make a move from one thing to another, it isn't so easy. That doesn't mean you don't do it. It doesn't mean you don't stay focused on your goal, but it's, you know, it's not without its challenges. And I remember being in, you know, it's, it's such a, it's so great for me and I'm hoping that I'm doing a good job for the listener, you know, uh, being able to be a fly on the wall to this experience. But, you know, I remember, you know, while I was in Atlanta and you were, you were in, it was North Carolina, right? Uh, yeah, we were in Charlotte. In Charlotte. And I remember, you know, us talking about it and, you know, I was getting ready to take uh, four months with the family in Europe and, you know, you guys were putting the house up for sale. and. From that point, you know, I, you know, I packed up my stuff and I went to Europe and I bounced around for four months. And for you, you went through a series of massive challenges in being able to get rid of the house to move to California. And I think it's important to talk about that because, you know, I don't want to have this show where it's like, hey, I just decided I'm going to leave a career and I'm going to move to California and everything's going to be amazing. It's not without challenges. Doesn't mean you don't do it, but it's not without challenge. So maybe you could talk about what that period of your life was like when you were like, I'm leaving, I'm going to sell this house and I'm moving to California, right? Yeah. Talk about that gap. Yeah, no, yeah. The, it, I mean, you talk about, it, it's funny. I just read a really awesome book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And, you know, ironically, it was the perfect time in my life to read this book because if, if the listeners out there have not read it, I would highly recommend uh, reading it. It's The Obstacles Away by Ryan Holiday, but it really talks about embracing the challenges and looking at things and figuring out how to get around them. You're going through them, around them, or, you know, um, whatever way you're going to be able to do it, but embrace the challenges. And a lot of the book talks about stoicism. But what happened with us, really, if you rewind going back to setting a goal and knowing in your heart, knowing that that, you know, we felt so amazingly pulled to California. We knew there was a massive amount of impact that we were called to make coming out here. And not just for us as a couple, you know, our marriage or our kids, but we just felt like we were going to have a massive impact. We, we knew in our minds, 1000%, no doubt that we needed to make this move. There was just, I mean, no doubt, right? So what happened with us is we made the decision, figured out the plan, put some dates on the calendar. You know, we put them in pen. We didn't pencil them in. We said we were going to be in California by July 4th. We told our kids we're going to have feet, feet on the sand watching the fireworks in Southern California. So we put the house in the market 
early spring in Charlotte, you know, when things are hot and the real estate market in Charlotte is ridiculously hot. I mean, stuff sells within a day, right? And we put the house on the market, put a high price on it. We went under contract within a week. Everything was clicking along. And sometimes when your house goes on the market for a high price and somebody buys it immediately, of course, they sometimes um, you know see other things that are out there when you go into due diligence. And I think what happened with us is the uh, couple that bought or that contracted on our house, they found something else. And so they literally backed out of the contract the final day of due diligence. And so that was obviously a big hurdle we had to deal with and had to overcome because our house had been on the market for 30 days. So it goes back on the market. We immediately get under contract again. And within two weeks, their financing falls through. So we're back to square one again. We're just looking at each, each other going, what is going on? But the reason I'm saying all this is because in our minds, we knew, again, 1,000% where we were going, what we were being called to do, and the impact that I, we knew that we were going to make by moving out here. And then so our, our house goes back on the market, number three, and then finally, it does sell. And we finally close after a bunch of different hurdles we had to jump through with them. And so we finally close. And then we're on the way out here and the moving truck literally is 10 days late. And so we had to live in a hotel from beginning to end for three weeks, which as you know, Rob, in Southern California during the summer, it is the high season. So we uh, had a massive amount of expenses that we didn't really accrue for living in a hotel for three weeks. And by that time, I mean, we love hotels, you know, because we have, a, we have a, like a... Um, like a mantra in our, in our marriage that whatever hotel we stay in, we always kind of mandate that it needs to be nicer than our house. And so we kind of stuck with that for this one. So we, we lived in a hotel for three weeks, finally gets the moving truck out here. And, you know, and, and, and they wouldn't, because I was a little frustrated because they were so much later than they, uh, than they were supposed to be. And so I was trying to negotiate a, a discount on the move. And the guy basically says, look, man, you either write me a check for X amount of dollars to get your furniture off the truck, or we're just going to keep the furniture. So, you know, little things like that, which always goes back to regardless of the hurdles, the bumps, the obstacles that are in your way, you've got to always appreciate and know why you're doing what you're doing and know that you cannot waver because if you have a calling and we literally knew we had a calling to be out here, we just said, okay, let's do it. And ultimately everything finally worked out and we could never be happier where we are now. It's amazing. You know, you mentioned Ryan Holiday's book. Um, he's fantastic. Uh, his, you know, his book, Ego is the Enemy or Perennial Seller is great. He's also has something I'm not sure if you know about. It's called The Daily Stoic. Um, and it's a big book and I put it on my desk and every morning he gives you one page of a stoicism philosophy. And, you know, it's like three or four sentences of something that, you know, I don't know, Epictetus or somebody said, and then he'll explain it underneath it. And you would think like, what do I give a shit about? Like what Epictetus said 3000 years ago, or whatever it was, but it weirdly applies to today. So I love how he presents things. An obstacle is one of those books that's uh, that's great. So I love that you use that metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's awesome. I mean, he quotes Marcus Aurelius all the time. I mean, it's amazing how how those those uh, those things always prove true even 3,000 years later. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I want to talk about the kids a little bit. You have two daughters. How old are they? We've got two daughters, uh, one who is going to be 15 next week, which is, I, when I say that out loud, I'm still like shocked. Yeah, and then weird. we've got a younger one that just turned 12 uh, a couple weeks ago. All right. So you got a 15 and a 12 year old daughter. Those ages are ages that can be, especially for girls, can be challenging. You know, they're used to their friends and, you know, they're, they're used to their home, but they did not seem to mind, at least looking in from the outside, that, you know, that they were going across the country and starting a new life. And I think some people think, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to move my kids now. You know, they're in middle school or they're going into high school or they're in high school. It's just now's not the time. But it didn't seem like that was much of an issue for you guys. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what the conversation looked like and any maybe fears that you had or any advice that you can give people around that? Yeah, you know, a lot of people will say that. And for us, it really goes back to when they were young. For a couple of reasons. One, Brooke and I always looked at each other when the girls were really young and said, you know, one of our biggest goals in life is to have these two girls always love each other and have a strong relationship with each other. Because, you know, like I grew up, my brothers and I are not super close with each other. And that's a good example of, you know, I learned that that's not what I want for my family. And so we always made sure that regardless of whatever arguments or, you know, barring of the clothes or whatever happens when they lay their head down at night, there will be um, nothing but love between the two of them. And so I think a combination between that and we always made sure that stayed true, even, you know, where they are now. (laughs) <laughs> because they do now borrow each other's clothes. And then the it's other always, thing... It's always the clothes, by the way. It's it always is. Clothes. clothes and shoes. And the crazy thing, my <laughs> oldest daughter is now wearing Brooke shoes, which that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, so, but, so yeah. So when they were young and then made sure of, of that they stayed or and are staying close with each other. But also, you know, Brooke and I, even though I did travel out with my corporate job, we always made sure that we kept like three pillars of success in our family. It was always going to be God, the marriage, and then the kids. And everything else fell up underneath that, you know, work and, and friends and relationships and, and whatever we were doing. And, and there was always a fourth level that always fell below the kids. And we always wanted to make sure, and we try to do our, a, as good of a job as we can, and we're definitely not perfect parents, but we always made sure that the family unit stayed extremely important and focused And I think that's one of the really big reasons that they were able to transition so, I won't say seamlessly, because my oldest daughter still kind of misses her friends and, you know, thank goodness for social media. But I mean, they've they've really transitioned amazingly well, better than I could have ever asked for. They've made so many friends out here. And, you know, for anybody that, that, has given California or Southern California a bad rap saying, well, you know, people are, aren't very nice, man. I've never met nicer people in my entire career of travel than I have in Southern California. I mean, it is amazing. We call it a magical fairyland because the people out here are so incredibly nice. And so the kids have done an amazing job transitioning. And like I was saying earlier, the schools that they're in, have been opened their arms to them, embraced them. I mean, it, it, I could not have asked for a better and easier and more fruitful transition for them. 
All right. So now I want to talk about working together and all of the benefits of working together, right? The dream was I want to work with my wife and now be careful what you wish for because you got it. Tell me about what it's like working with your wife from day one and what have you learned about doing that that you didn't think was going to be an issue? Wow. How much time do you have? (laughs) Short story. Yeah, we've been working together now for approximately four months and we are figuring it out because we both came from an environment that we're both really good and used to being the boss, you know, because she's the CEO of her company and she's been doing her thing for quite a few years and having amazing success. And then I was fortunate, you know, in my last 25 years, you know, doing my gig over in the medical world, um, I was I was used to running and doing my own thing. So now we're coming together as as uh, the CEO and the COO, and trying to work together, trying to again keeping our three pillars of success in play: God, the marriage, the kids, and then and then work. And then sometimes that that um, that cone of success gets flipped upside down because work sometimes comes first. And it, but yeah, so we're figuring it all out. I mean, it's it's definitely it, it has not in all all candor has not come as easy as we thought. Because we're still trying to figure out, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I enjoy. This is the lane of traffic that you're going to stay in. And if if we agree to that, you got to stay out of my lane of traffic. And so we're figuring that out. We even hired a communications coach because we wanted to get in front of that. Because too many times, regardless of whatever it is in marriage and in parenting and 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 um, anything, you know, we all and I'm I'm bad about this. I always look at look at whatever's in front of me. Again, the obstacle, right? I can figure this out. I've been super successful in everything I've done. I can figure it out. Well, I would highly recommend that you don't figure it out. Hire if you're going to get into business with your significant other, hire a coach, hire a communications coach, hire someone that can help you navigate that road because it's you know like looking in the beginning that we thought that road was going to be straight and narrow and I was going to be driving a Lamborghini down that road but that road as we have found out and it's been a good thing that road is curvy it's got bumps it's got gravel on it sometimes sometimes there's not even a road that you got to figure out right and so we're figuring it out but you know like I said it, it I'm extremely grateful and when things do get hard I try to grab her, you know, by the shoulders and go, listen, I know this sucks or I know, you know, whatever, like today has not been really a great day, but I'm just grateful that I get to do this with you. And so that's what I would recommend. What was it? Um, and you can go into as much particulars as you want or not. It's totally cool. But what was it that you learned in your time with the communications coach that you found useful to help navigate, or do you just not have enough time under your belt with the coach? But I really think that the one thing that we have really embraced and are learning during this process is what we're good at and like what our language is. Like, because you know, Brooke is built totally different than me. And if you take and we and we did take a we took a, a couple of different personality profiles and which indicated that we are so much different but you know what if you can understand those differences and you can work those differences together in such a way that will make you or that can make you better better humans better 
parents, better work cohorts, you know, just better everything. That's the biggest thing I think that we are really starting to understand and embrace and really, um, really taking the time to understand each other so we can be better together. Yeah. I mean, it's those very things that attracted you to each other in the first place. If you found somebody just like you, it would be incredibly boring, right? So you need yeah. somebody who's, who's different. You know, you, as you're telling that story, I'm going back to a time when, you know, Kim and I started working together and there was a lot of challenges around it because we do think incredibly differently. But, you know, yesterday, uh, Kim put a post on it. You could see it on uh, Facebook. It was, it was pretty interesting. We were working on um, branding one of the projects, uh, one of the products uh, that we have. And, you know, I am somebody that is an external processor. So I like to, if I'm, if I'm trying to figure something out, I like to talk about it. She's not. She's somebody that likes to be quiet and internally process and think about it. And um, so I don't necessarily know what she's thinking because I'm trying to talk it through and she's trying to think it through, right? I am incredibly linear in my thinking. I like things sequential. So we start here and then we're going to go here and we're going to go there. She's spatial in her thinking. She's like, okay, what about that thought bubble? And what about that thought, thought, thought? And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Let's ring it. And so, you know, yesterday while we were going through this, you know, creating this product, I'm all, you know, I'm following my path. She's following hers. But we have developed cues with each other where she says, okay, stop. And I know what she's saying. What she's saying is stop talking. I need to think. And so I like, I'm like, okay. I just stopped talking. It doesn't bother me. It used to. It doesn't bother me now because I know that's that's how she thinks. And so she'll be drawing, you know, bubbles on a piece of paper all over the place. And I'll be like, she can see in my face. I don't know what the hell she's doing. It looks like, you know, DNA of a molecule. But then she'll go, okay, look, we're going to start with this because she knows I need to think linearly. So I think developing all of those things is really important. So I love you know, the fact that you guys are in the mud right now, as much as it's not fun, I promise you that if you stick with it, you'll be able to speak shorthand to each other before you know it. Yeah. And does, don't you agree that, you know, with like what you just described between the two of you, granted that was in more of a work environment, but it also comes to play so much in your marriage and as you guys as parents. For sure it does. You know, and there's, you know, there's just a lot different ways of doing it. You know, in my particular case, when it comes to parenting, I had such a bad role model that I have deferred much of the parenting, not given up the act of parenting, but you know, I, I look because she had, she just has two incredible parents, um, that really, really raised her well. So, you know, I've, I've kind of like recognized that I didn't have a lot of those gifts that she had. So when it comes to parenting, if I'm like, you know, if I'm like trying to figure something out, I'll usually ask her like, you know, what's your thoughts here? Because I, like, I know that I have a blind spot in this area and I'm not great at it. And so, you know, it, it kind of comes to your point of what you were saying earlier, except I just apply it to kids, you know, of like knowing what you, knowing where your strength is and knowing where not your strength is. And I push it even out into the area of parenting. Like I just know that, not that I'm a bad parent, I just know that I don't have good training in the area and she does. Yeah. So I just, you know, go to her. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And one of the things, you know, with us, we have two daughters and now you've, you've got just one, but you know, one of our daughters is so much like Brooke and I have sometimes a little bit of a 
challenge in my communication style with our younger daughter. And Brooke comes to me and she's like, listen, Brett, she's not going to hear you if you say it like this. This is how you need to say it. And I, and I love that because I just don't think that way. And then with my, our other daughter, she's a lot like me. And she is like, I, I won't get, get into a lot of details, but she's a lot like me. And I could do the same thing with Brooke. You know, Brooke will say stuff to her. I'm like, Brooke, listen, she doesn't hear what you're saying. That's not going to be effective for her. Try to say it this way. And so it really works out well with us. And those are small examples of, we try to learn from each other, try to figure out what we're good at and what we want to improve on, and then apply that towards everything we do. But isn't it funny how we think that everybody should think the way we think? Totally. <laughs> totally. You're, like, you're like, no. Yeah, welcome no, to my world. No, you're not, that's, that's not the right way. Yeah, the old saying, you know, well, it's my world, you just live in it. You just live in it. That's okay, right. so um, I want to talk a little bit about being in the world of social media now, you know, this was not your world when you were in, in corporate. You know, now you are, you know, you're, you're, you're an Instagram husband, you know, you are on social media a lot. How has the, you know, I mean, let's face it, the business you're creating is, is being driven as most businesses now by social media and its content. How does that feel for you coming from the corporate world? You know, I am quickly embracing it and I am trying to quickly learn it and be as effective as possible. I just took a course on like the four methods of Instagram posts as an example. And that's been effective. And so I'm really, I, I mean, granted, I mean, in all honesty, it, it takes a lot of time and I'm trying to like, you know, really do a good job in calendar blocking and trying to forecast what I'm going to be posting on social media across whatever platforms definitely helps that whatever you post on Instagram goes to Facebook. Um, But you know, in our other business, we've got a lot of stuff that needs to be um, posted differently in different platforms. LinkedIn is another place that I'm really starting to look at and get advice from other people that it's really almost an untapped market. And so that's something that I'm also getting ready to get a lot more engaged in. So, so yeah, I mean, social media is not going away. I mean, our kids are all over it and I'm really starting to embrace it and appreciate it more than I ever have or ever thought I would. Beautiful. All right. So I want to move into um, some questions around fulfillment. And my experience with entrepreneurs who are type A driven personalities that want to grow is that they grind, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And at some point they start to become uh, inefficient with their grinding and hustling because they hit a point of diminishing returns. You can only grind for so long. So I want to talk about some things that you do to help renew the spirit, uh, sharpen the saw, you know, allow you to be more fulfilled. So what's a new behavior or belief that you had maybe in the last months, a couple months, a couple years that has significantly improved the quality of your life? Wow. Um, couple different things. Number one, I would say for um, the marriage and ultimately our with our, our our work life together is having that date night every single week that doesn't waver and making sure that I plan it and I just tell Brooke what to wear, what times we're going to leave. Many times I don't tell her where we're going to go because she likes the fact that I'm taking the lead on it. She doesn't have to think about it. She only wants to know, you know, what time we're leaving and what do I need to wear. So that's one thing that we've really um, stuck to. That's really allowed us to kind of take a step back, and we 
when we do the date night too, we have kind of like, I won't call them rules, but we have guidelines. I don't, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the kind of guy that I don't really like a life with rules. I like, I like guidelines because, um, but we always say, okay, if we're going to go out to dinner, we're going to talk about work for 30 minutes. And so if we arrive at seven, we're going to order a, a beverage and we're going to talk for work in, for the first 30 minutes. And that's going to be from seven to seven thirty. And at seven thirty, if I set an alarm on my clock, on my on my phone, that's when the work talk stops. And then we're going to talk about all the cool stuff that we have in front of us, you know, the kids or vacations or the holidays coming up or whatever it is. So that's been uh, you know a big change that we've stuck to. And plus, living in Southern California, the weather here is amazing, as you know, Rob. I mean, it, it never rains. We have a zillion places that we can go and eat outside. I mean, today, we're actually going to ride our bikes down to the peninsula and have lunch outside because we can. So that's, I would say that's the biggest thing that we've done that's, uh, that's changed for us. That was really good. Really good. Okay. So I want to, I want to highlight that a second to get that in my head. So you plan the date night. You just tell her what time to be ready. And you guys have an agreed upon, not rule, but guideline that it is going to be a 30 minute business talk because you know that you're not going to be able to escape it. So you're going to, you're going to use that time to have a drink and to talk about whatever it is that you're talking about with business. But then there's going to be a timer. Timer goes off and you go, okay, business talk is over. Now we're going to talk about all the cool stuff that's in front of us. And we're going to have a good night talking about life and all the trips that we're about to take and how incredible everything is. Did I get that right? You summed it up perfectly. Dude, that's really freaking good. I'm gonna, Tonight's my first date night that we have had... I'm embarrassed to say this, but probably in four months because um, it's not so easy finding a babysitter for a five-year-old in Europe. <laughs> and so we had that challenge and you know, I felt that, I, like obviously we needed one. So I was like, Kim, we don't know anybody here in LA, but you got to talk to a couple, like we've only been here for two weeks now or whatever. You got to find one. So she found one tonight and we are, um, we're going to do a date night movie. We're going to go see Ford versus Ferrari. Oh yeah. And then go out to, uh, to dinner. So I am going to, I'm going to do your date. We're, we're going we're gonna to call this the Brett date night experience. I'm going to do that tonight. I love that, man. That was really good. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that, you know, with, with kids, we can't do it every single Thursday because we have things that are going on, but you know, we try to forecast it out as long as we can in, in order so she can look forward to that. Because as you know, she's got a lot of stuff that she does and her brain is always going, going, going. And so if that's one thing that I can plan that I know means a ton to her, I can take that off her plate. And the only thing she has to do is to show up, look good and look forward to it makes things so much better for her. Yeah. Plus women really want men to do that. So um, that's, that's great. Um, are there any particular positions or opinions that you've changed your mind or shifted your minds or position completely on over the last couple of years? So in other words, you're like, I used to think, I used to think this way about something, but recently I, I think I was wrong. I, I think, I think this is the way I think about that now. Is there anything that comes to mind there? Yeah, I'll, I'll peel the uh, the hood back a little bit. You know, in my corporate world, I found myself, you know, kind of being the leader and really focused on closing deals and and just you know having just 
you know, living in that corporate structure of finding myself um, almost like having that, that like assassin mentality, you know, win at all costs, doesn't matter, you know, at least with me, that was like the mindset. And so what I've really done or tried to, and I'm still trying to do a much, much better job is really just thinking about other people first and foremost, thinking about how, what can I do to serve you? Not what can I, what can I do this morning to serve myself? So that's, that's the biggest thing. And it's been, an enlightenment for me and a really enjoyable experience, but I'm definitely not there yet, but I'm trying to get better and better every day. I love it. Okay. Let's do um, in the remaining couple of minutes, let's move into the rapid fire round. First thing that comes to your mind, your friends would say your superpower is my ability to read and understand people very quickly. What's one thing you're afraid of right now? The, oh man, again, how much time do you have? The one thing that I'm afraid of right now is that we're not going to be able to scale our businesses as quickly as I know we can because we don't have the right people hired yet. And yet is the key phrase or the key word. What keeps you up at night? That I cannot be the best parent and the best husband that I always want to be. Mm. What do people never ask you, but you wish they did? Why did you stay around in the same company for 25 years? What book have you reread the most? Going back to um, Brooke and I, you know, being different people, but working together. I am currently reading and I would highly recommend this for anybody out there, especially if you're married or you're trying to work together. Um, book by Gary Chapman, Five Love Languages. It is one of the best books that you could ever read. What's your love language? Oh man, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm like, I'm like a mixture. I'm literally, I'm, I'm about uh, four chapters in and I'm really trying to go through the exercises and really trying to figure it out. I know, I know words of affirmation are really good. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a complex guy. Mm, Interesting. What about your wife? Oh man, the same thing. She needs, she loves words of affirmation. She loves, you know, feeling safe and secure loves, um, you know, that's one of the reasons that, um, I plan that date night because she just wants to be able to show up. She doesn't want to think about certain things. And so, um, so yeah, I love that. Um, okay. What is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is martinis. I, mm. I, you know, I'm not a big sugar, sugar guy. Cause I'm, I'm a massive addict for CrossFit. Um, I think sugar is probably one of the worst things you can ingest into your system. You know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of things say that it's like more addictive than drugs. And, and, uh, so yeah, stay away from the sugar, but you know, I will enjoy a martini. Love it. All right. We're going to switch things up a little bit. What one question would you like to ask me? I would say, God, let me, I have a comment and a question. Okay. I know just from the little I do know about your past, you are an amazing doctor. What is the one thing that made you turn away from that longstanding career and a lot of education that you had to take in to be able to achieve that? So what, did you, what was the one thing? The repetitive mundane of what was in front of me every day would be the one thing and tied closely to that one thing is the uh, the lack of time 
that I had to pursue other interests because I was focused exclusively on the patient in front of me. So like, you know, in the case of this podcast, I can't do anything else. I'm not creating any other projects. I'm not working on anything else. I'm just, I'm here and I'm present with you. And as much as I enjoy this time, to be to do this from nine to five, five days a week for 25 years and not pursue anything outside of it because my mind was completely engaged with the patient in front of me was getting to the point where I was going to shoot myself. I needed, I needed some creative outlets. So I've learned about myself, you know, I could do two, three podcasts a week and feel, you know, excited because I have, you know, 95% of the week to do whatever the hell I want to do. And so it was just the, the mundaneness of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Good answer. Well, dude, I really enjoyed this. This time went really quickly. I knew that this was going to be great. Um, do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening? You know, I would say not right now, but you know, Brooke's going to be launching her podcast soon. So I would say uh, brookthomas.com is a great place. You can go to learn about that and learn about uh, our business. And I just want to say thank you, Rob, and props to your amazing wife, Kim, for doing all that she does. And I've been, uh, it's been an enjoyable experience. It's been awesome. Dude, I can't wait. We're going to get something on the calendar soon and we are going to bicycle somewhere for lunch together. That's going to be our goal. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, buddy. Thanks again. All right, man. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.